have you ever been excited for a movie because of the trailer? So you end up going to the theater and you sit down with your popcorn, your, your cola, you know, all 30 bucks all together. And then afterwards you wasted every single bit of your money. Welcome to the world of advertising. We've been seeing ads for years. Ads have been around for decades. I mean, even centuries. And it can be from anything to the soap, shampoo, and conditioner in your bathroom to the toilet paper, toothbrush, in your bathroom. Or, you know, food and the like. It's a slippery slope advertising because inherently it's a company lying to get you to buy their stuff. On one hand, you have to remember, these are actual people with, you know, families to feed of their own. On the other hand, they are trying to scam you out of their money for their own products. It's up to you to decide how you want to roll with that. You want to know what else has a bunch of advertisements trying to get you out of your money? Video games. Now, this is nothing new. Back in the days of the NES, they kind of had to do a little bit of prettying up, making sure it looks good. He's honestly trying to sell someone 8 bits on this is the coolest thing ever. A little bit difficult. Eh. And like everything else, video games have their own fair share of scummy ads. There's two main ones I can think of at the moment. The first one is Alien Colonial Marines. You look up this game and type in controversy. Oh, let's have some fun. So first off, the main thing you need to know about this game is it was a nightmare from what I heard at launch. I didn't play it and I still haven't played it. The only alien game I've played is Isolation for reference. But the trailer looked like a masterpiece. It looked amazing, not like anything else has been made before. It was genre pushing for consoles. It was gonna. It looked like it was a PS4, Xbox One game back on the 360 and PS3. That should have been the first clue something was up. The game came out and it was completely different. Like lighting, lighting was completely different. It looked like the trailers for the PS4, Xbox One ports of this PS3 and Xbox, the 360 game. And with Gearbox, you know, Borderlands people, it took a big hit to their reputation for doctoring that footage. Now, what they did was not necessarily great, but it was probably just the marketing team trying to salvage what they could. You know... Borderlands ended up being a massive franchise, and Gearbox is not exactly amazing today, but they're still running and they're still going pretty strong. To the, it's to the point where Alien Colonial Marines was such a travesty and disaster. Isolation was made so much better comparing it to it from everything I've been researching, like even just reviews on isolation on how it was so much better, even though the only things the game had in common were first person and aliens. 
Something I want to bring up is pre-orders. Now, if you're listening to me and you don't know what pre-orders are, use the Latin, you know. I'm shrugging, you can't see me. Think of pre-orders like buying tickets to a movie before it comes out. No reviews are out yet, but you really want to see this movie. The trailers looked amazing, amazing, amazing. So you buy the tickets, you head in there, and we all, uh, <laughs> ah, it didn't really go so great. But you still spent money on it before you realized it sucked. That's what companies want. If something's going to be bad, they it's not like they're going to be like, well, it's bad, we can't sell it to consumers. I guess in food, they kind of have to do that. But in a media-based based, uh, company, like, you know, video games or movies to television, they still need to market it as essentially a golden treasure from God. Now, uh, I can't think of too many examples off the top of my cuff with this with movies. But, you know, you always hear about edited footage in trailers, so it doesn't spoil everything. Uh, one that is coming to mind is Avengers Affinity War, how they changed a few things around. I'm not sure how much I should mention, because, you know, maybe someone hasn't seen it. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm picking and choosing my words very, very carefully. But with video games, pre-orders is how they make most of their money these days. They can make over half their profits in the before the game even releases. And once it comes out, it just slows down, slows down. Those first few weeks are very crucial if they have good reviews. If the game sucks, you're not going to get much, if any, money off of it. Now, pre-orders circumvent reviews, and the companies are allowed to sell directly to consumers with having a product that's not quite finished. Now, there's one amazing case that, if you know video games, you can probably sing me a ballad out everything that went wrong about this, but we're going to put a pin in that for a few seconds. <sighs> Just think about it. This game, you know it's going to suck. And you sunk, I don't know, let's say AAA game, million dollars of development. And that's probably being conservative. Probably being very conservative. Very, very, very conservative. I'm scared to look it up now. But you need to make some money. You can't just throw a million dollars like it's nothing, especially if you're, you're a smaller company. you got to put a spin on this. Make it seem amazing. And let people, let people buy it before it's ready. That way you can still fix a few things if you really need to. And once you ship it out to reviewers, the damage has been done. But people have already bought it. Is it the greatest thing? No. But pre-orders also help the companies you buy from. They helps them have a little bit more wiggle room with budgets. Helps them keep light overhead, lights on, feed their family, stuff like that. You gotta remember that sometimes, that yeah, big, big companies make the money. But at the end of the day, there's still a janitor there that needs to provide to, to, to provide to feed his kids. 
you really can't keep that from them. It it sucks, yeah, but honestly, all ads are lies anyways. You got to remember that. Now, if you're wondering why I essentially only dusted Colonial Marines, it's because the other game that is notorious for lying in its trailers is so much more juicy to dig into. And I actually live this. My my roommate in my first year of college was looking forward to this game like you wouldn't believe. And if he hears this and wants me to put it down, this this might disappear. Anyway, Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> Now, if you know tabletop games like D&D, Pathfinder, um, um, uh, Warhammer, you've probably heard of a little hidden gem named Cyberpunk 2020, a game so notorious for nightmarish difficulty, uh, fun character customization, and an amazing setting of Night City, never really got a video game. D&D got several. They have the Ice Lane, the Ice... They have the Baldur's Gates, Icewing, Ice... If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Pathfinder got their recent games, actually. They have two new ones out of the past few years. Their names escape me, but they're just Pathfinder with subtitles. And Warhammer, huh... Uh, do me a favor, go ahead and go on Steam, type in Warhammer, see what comes up. But Cyberpunk doesn't really have any of those. The creator was very staunch of, hey, if I'm going to make a game, it's going to be with a certain group of people. And in 2012, it looked like he found those people. A trailer put out by CD Projekt Red a Polish developer who we'll get back to in a moment with their reputation and such, put out an amazing-looking trailer for a game with a cyberpunk setting, and no one really knew what it was at the time until the good old title popped up. Cyberpunk 2077. Everybody was shocked, I'm assuming. I wasn't there, and there's not a metric ton of news coverage about it. But over the years, CD Projekt Red was silent. What were they working on in that time? Uh, probably one of the most well-known games ever made, called The Witcher 3. This game's reputation is legendary. Come online, look up best games of all time, it's going to be on those lists. Legendary DLC that are bigger than most modern games that come out these days. And from from my research, is nearly always on sale, so if you haven't picked it up, you can do that. <laughs> One thing that The Witcher 3 is known for is its attention to detail, its amazing story, its fun gameplay, and all of the work CD Projekt Red made it into an authentic fantasy land. And of course, you know, Geralt of Rivera. I said that so wrong. I'm pretty sure it's Rivia and someone's going to find me and hurt me.
But during this time, once The Witcher 3 wrapped up, we got another Cyberpunk 2077 trailer. The game looked amazing. Everything was going to be customizable. NPCs had their own round-the-clock rotations. They had their own lives to live out. And, you know, it didn't help. It didn't hurt. If it didn't help, I'd be shocked. But it didn't hurt to have Keanu Reeves, you know, Canadian actor extraordinaire, essentially spearheading the entire marketing campaign. Everyone was blown away. Everyone was shocked. This game won best RPG, best so many different things at E3 that year. E3, if you don't know, is essentially gaming news once every summer. And it's been kind of quiet as lately. It hasn't been as big of a thing because of, well, uh, I would cut on your TV and flip it to your news channel of choice. But things weren't going super smoothly with the game. Originally, it had a release date of April. April 2020. And that's not bad. A nice, it's going to come out in the same year the original game was set in. Not that bad. 2077 takes place in 2077. So, you know, kind of keeping with the cyberpunk thing of and its legacy. But things were going a little bit wrong. The game got delayed to the 17th of September. Then again, to the 19th of November. And finally, the game came out on December 10th. Now, if you weren't on the internet on December 10th, you were not there when the fireworks started. Oh, there's stories to tell here, and let me get started. So, Cyberpunk 2077. This big, immersive game set in a cyberpunk dystopia with mechanical augmented cyborgs. I don't know any other cyborgs, but, you know, that's what I said. Oh, I dropped my blade bracelet. Excuse me. Okay, we're back. Mechanical cyborgs. Futuristic guns, self-driving cars, scum, villainy, drugs, sex, violence. And, if you played the game, the most nightmarish glitches you'd ever find. <laughs> oh boy, let me get started once I plug my computer back in. Okay, I am back. Almost. There we go. This game came out on five different platforms. PC, which is a given. PS5. Xbox One. Series X. I hope I said that right. I have not heard much of that console. Xbox One and PS4. Now, reviewers only got the, the PC copy before the game came out. And it was a lot of Okay, sevens, which is about which is about average for a mech game these days. It's not the greatest way of measuring, but honestly, if a game gets a seven, it's gonna be a mixed bag. You know that. And a lot of people are mad over these reviews. Be like, hey, you you're doing this game wrong. 
you you can't do it that way. You're doing it wrong. You you reviewers don't know what you're talking about. Well, game came out. A lot of people started changing that tune of theirs. I don't know what key they went to. Probably C flat. But the parts that were never reviewed were the consoles. PS5, Xbox Series X. Not as terrible. They ran okay. Super inferior to the PC version. Any pictures you look up will show you that. The... The... Oh, God. The PS4 and Xbox One. Those ports hardly worked at all. Now, bad games happen, right? But it is super rare when Sony themselves are willing to offer you a refund on a game you bought digitally. That's what happened with the PS4 version, and it got pulled from stores. Uh, to my knowledge, it is back up there at this point. But not many great improvements have been made. See, behind the scenes, Starpunk 2077 was a nightmare. The game was announced in good old 2012. And they didn't really work on it because of Witcher 3. Witcher 3 finally wrapped up uh, late 2010s. And that's when they got a chance to get started. Witcher 3 had a very long production cycle. And because of that, they were able to add a lot of detail, a lot of mechanics, all the fun stuff. 2077, it was a rushed patch job. And there's one quote from one of my favorite gaming icons... Good old Shigeru Miyamoto, and you may not know his name, you know something he made, and that is good old Super Mario. The quote reads as followed, A rushed game will always be bad, but a game that has more time into it will be better. That isn't the quote, I'm kidding you. A delayed game is eventually good, a rushed game is forever bad. That's what I get for shooting off the cuff. But... Let me think about some delayed games. Well, Breath of the Wild was considered pretty good. Witcher 3 had a lot of time put into it. Not necessarily delayed, but got a bunch of DLCs that actually expanded on the game. Uh, a few others that got delayed. Hmm. I will, I'll leave you to figure that out. But generally, it's a pretty good ratio. Games that are rushed, though, hmm, let me name a few. I'm going to make a few enemies with these statements. Uh, all the Call of Duty games coming out yearly. Yeah, those are rushed. And those are great on release. Battlefield 5. Well, no, it's not Battlefield 5 anymore, is it? It's Battlefield 2042. That game has got some nightmarish glitches. Uh, what else? Assassin's Creed? A bunch of, a bunch of year, 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 year. Yearly release style games are rushed as can be. They have a tight deadline and you really can't do a ton with it. It's to the point where Call of Duty has two rotating developers to actually get these games out in the same year, every other year. Yeah, everyone asks me why I don't play shooters. The main reason is I have terrible hand-eye coordination and I'm not wasting my money on a game that won't be good. Cyberpunk, as I've been saying, suffered a rush fate. 
And honestly, the marketing is the best part about the game. The marketing team blew it out the water. Sure, nearly nothing was true. To the point where even the gameplay demo was doctored as can be and ran on specific hardware. But... Keanu Reeves was the big selling point. He was He's one of the main characters of the game. Was in nearly every advertisement. Even now, if you look it up, he's still in them. It's... It's a slippery slope. The marketing team did amazing to the point where I was like, ah, I never played this game, but this is what I expect a cyberpunk dystopia to look like. And it looks good. My roommate, how do I say this? He had sold his soul to CG Project Red. CD Project Red. CG Project Red. There we go. I can say it like a human. He had sold his soul to them because he wanted this game to be so amazing. Every time it got delayed, he got increasingly a little bit more ticked off, but he was still super duper excited. Game came out. I texted this man. He was angry as can be and was very disappointed. He owns the game now for PS5, if you can believe it. I've never seen him play it, and I haven't heard him talk about it in a long time. But Yeah, it's, it's out there. Now... To combat this main giant bit of controversy, CD Projekt Red did a lot of damage control. One of them is saying, oh yeah, we're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry. Hands and knees begging for them to essentially not be destroyed by every single gamer on the planet about the game. I, I am happily in the neutral zone. Ha ha. But they said, okay, we're going we're gonna to repair the game. We're going to make it better, and we're going to restore it to what you thought it was going to be in the trailers. Okay. But to this point, not a ton's been done. The game is still glitchy as can be. It still looks terrible on consoles compared to PC. Again, do some Google searches. Look at, look at those differences. But in the end... It was a highly successful marketing campaign. This game made 70% of all of its profits, you know, up to the up to the time where I'm recording this, just from the pre-orders. People wanted this game bad. Very, very bad. Once it came out, nearly no one was dumb enough to buy it. It's it's a case of the marketing team were told salvage this and they did it. It's not always the greatest situation, I know. But the marketing team can only do so much. They can't change a game. It's not like they can purposely show, hey, this is going to be terrible and and use some morals. It's their job to kind of just throw them away and convince you to buy their stuff. They're lying to you. But I don't think that's ever going to change. Sure, you can't ever be entirely truthful with something. That's why copyright exists. They don't want they don't want anybody just looking up the ending of a movie or looking up how some stuff ends and misusing it or making their own versions of it. I don't know. Advertising's such a fickle little subject, it's hard to approach. And honestly, this is more of a this is what happened. 
Is it sad? Yeah. But honestly, go back, look up these trailers for Cyberpunk 2077. I've honestly never seen a game that was so hyped up and fell so fast in the eyes of gamers. It was a train wreck. That's everything now. Uh, yeah, but if you're more interested, look up all the stuff I was talking about. Cyberpunk 2077 controversies, Alien Colonial Marines. There's a few other cases out there, but honestly, those are the big two. And Cyberpunk 2077 is much more covered. But that's everything. This has been Gabe Anderson. I hope you had a fun time listening. And honestly, don't get super excited i probably won't do another thing like this for a long time but uh have a good day see you guys later